Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Answering the Call, offering a glimpse into the spiritual journeys of local priests, deacons, and religious. And now, Answering the Call with Elizabeth Piccicelli. Hi there, and thank you for joining us here on Answering the Call on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 and streaming live to you on stgabrielradio.com. I'm Elizabeth Ficicelli, host of this program, and it is always a joy to be here with you. And and speaking of joy, uh, I had the great joy uh, not too long ago to attend the priestly ordination for the Diocese of Columbus, where we uh, had the ordination of five new priests. It was an amazing ordination. We'll be talking about that today because one of um, those young men that was ordained is my guest today. Uh, he's going to be talking about his journey uh, to the priesthood. His name is Father Thomas Hergy, and we are uh, delighted that he can be with us here on Answering the Call. So welcome, Father Hergy. Thank you for having me. So how is that um, name, Father Hergy, breaking in, okay, for you? You're starting to get used to it? Do you turn your head when people say Father? <laughs> well, you know, truth be told, people have been calling me Father throughout my time as a deacon and oh, the parish. Oh, yeah, sure, because of Father. I, I noticed the big difference is that day of ordination and from then on it doesn't sound wrong anymore that's good that's progress that's a good sign you know um we like to start father at the beginning of someone's story and i was doing a little research on you the catholic times ran some nice bios on all five mm-hmm. of you um on on uh, just right after that ordination and i know you were born in ohio but you actually grew up in alabama so that's right Take us back down south, because it sounds like you were a baby when you your family moved there. Three you, years old. Three years old, so you were little. Um, so go ahead and tell us a little bit about uh, your family and growing up in Alabama. Well, my parents were in the Air Force. Uh, my dad retired, actually, before I was even born, but my mom continued in her service. And so we went down there, and she actually retired just... Uh, three or four years into our living there. Uh, I always said that I wanted to move back to Ohio, even though I had no, no memory of it. Right, yeah. um, but after a little bit of a job search, my mom finally decided that she was going to stay and teach at the local Catholic high school. And she was a math there. teacher, is that correct? That's right, okay. math and statistics. Okay. And so I... I grew up kind of separated from the whole rest of my family. We would spend two weeks every summer going up uh, to Illinois and northern Ohio to visit family. But Alabama had to become kind of a second family for me through the church and school communities there. Well, let's talk about your parents. Um, You know, how Catholic were they? Let's start there. How Catholic was your family, would you say? Well, sort of. But going to Mass every Sunday was a big deal. That was something that had to happen. Uh, Contributing to the church, all those things, very important. Also, praying before meals, praying before going to bed. But that was definitely the limit to it. My dad had, um, in his younger years, kind of left the practice of the faith and had been brought back to it curiously enough, by my mom, who was a Lutheran, was then becoming Catholic. Okay. But in those days of the 1970s, when she converted, there wasn't much in the way of catechesis for her. Mm -hmm. So she never learned that much. And so the faith was something 
important, but not the biggest grasp of the depth of it. Okay. How, and did you have siblings? You have siblings? I have an older brother and an older sister, but much older. Okay. So, so I never s- knew them growing up. Oh, okay. So you were kind of like a, an only child kind of growing up in this environment. So exactly. Sunday Mass was just part of you know your mm-hmm. family experience. Uh, talk about the parish you attended, and were you involved in it more than Sunday Mass, or was it just pretty much Sunday Mass? Sunday Mass was pretty much it. There were a couple of times people tried to convince me to go to the youth group, and I think I went once or twice and thought it was the lamest thing ever. <laughs> um, though by high school, I I was finally convinced to join the choir, and I did love that. Okay. So you would say, um, you know, maybe grade school age, in terms of parish uh, experience or whatever, there was no big aha moments like in your in your sacraments or anything like that. It was pretty much a Sunday experience. Sunday. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And that's that's cool. I mean, our, our guests range from everything from not even born in a Catholic family or growing up Catholic to a, a very rigid or, you know, very mm-hmm. devout Catholic family. So we have everything in, you know, in between. But a lot of, you know, maybe more cultural Catholics, more typical Sunday mass Catholics. So uh, you kind of were a kid. How about schooling? Did you go to Catholic school or public school? I did go to the Catholic school in Montgomery. Um, That was a pretty good experience, except for the religious education, which was kind of wanting. (laughs) Didn't learn much there, except for second grade, where I actually happened, our, uh, our religious ed teacher happened to be a Melkite Catholic. Huh. And I think we learned more from her in one year than all the other years of Catholic school there. Yeah, that's interesting how that can happen sometimes. Because one of my questions I often ask the guests, you know, were there any role models in either priests or sisters or teachers in that journey that may have done a little seed planting as you look back? So just in that maybe K up to high school, before we get to high school discussion, mm-hmm. just in that earlier years um, so would you say maybe that second grade teacher might have been one of those? Uh, I think so, yeah. Did it put any thought about religious order kind of in your life? Maybe that Nothing. would be interesting? No, okay. No. In fact, in the fifth grade, in the lunch line of all places, the the kids standing in front of me asked me, have you ever considered becoming a priest? I said, absolutely not. <laughs> what, is, what kind of question is that? And you had conviction there that absolutely not. Yeah. So so really not on your radar prior to high school is a fair statement to say, Father Hergie. Right. Okay. So for high school, you went to Montgomery Catholic Prep School. Is that correct? Yes. Though we always, it used to be just called Montgomery Catholic High School, and okay. we always called it Catholic High. Okay. Similar to a St. Charles here now. I, I'm not sure what you mean. St. Charles Catholic, the prep school, preparatory high school, same kind of a thing. I, I guess that's the idea. So talk about high school because, you know, priesthood wasn't on the radar. You were pretty much a Sunday Catholic, but somehow something in high school begins some awakening. Something's going on in high school. So what? talk about high school. What what was going on with you during those four years? Well, one one influence was... The joining the choir at Sunday Masses. Uh, My mom was already in the choir. And then one Easter, I was inspired by a song that they sang. And so I I said, okay, I'm going to join this choir thing. And we ended up with a new choir director who was having us sing some fantastic stuff. And I just loved 
that experience. And it forced me into a place where I had to understand what was going on at Mass a little bit more than I did before. At the same time, um, my high school had a priest chaplain. And finally, in my sophomore year, I had some religion classes with him. And the way he preached at Mass and the way he taught his classes kind of struck me with the sense of, oh, this uh, religion thing actually matters to people. There's some conviction in their lives that this this is something that affects who you are and the way you live your life. And that got me wondering about what this could all be about. So a more, you know, mature looking at faith, uh, interest in, you know, deeper understanding of the faith, but not yet a call, a, a religious vocation call right. yet. Um, and it's interesting that you talk about being in the choir and music because um, in, in the story in the Catholic Times about you, uh, you talk about a song that touched your heart that you thought maybe God was using as as a way to call you, as a way to get your attention. Tell us that story. That's right. That came after my junior year of high school. Uh, every summer I go sailing with my dad in remote places. Uh, this year we happened to go up to uh, Rainy Lake at International Falls on the border between Canada and Minnesota. And so... Two weeks in a row, we're at masses in different churches we've never been in before. And each time I hear this same hymn, which I've never heard before at that point, called The Summons. And it is words that go along the lines of, will you come and follow me if I but call your name, mm -hmm. on and on. Uh, the first time it didn't necessarily strike me so much. I just thought, oh, this is a cool and pretty song. The mm -hmm. second time... It came right after I had found myself thinking, watching the priest preach, I can see myself doing that. And that was kind of a thought out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And then I hear the hymn and I say, whoa, what's going on? <laughs> and then we get back to my aunt's house and we're talking about, oh, where are you going to go to college? All that sort of stuff. And my aunt makes a joke about there being uh, an Episcopalian seminary up the road, said, maybe you can become a priest. And I'm thinking, of all days, for this to be proposed <laughs> in my life, it's today. And I couldn't shake the thought, really, ever again. So, and you said like a junior year of high school, mm -hmm. and you're still in high school. Um, so did you do anything at that point, still in high school, to maybe test that, to, to jiggle the doorknob? God, are you calling me to seminary? Are you calling me to this? Probably the big moment was during my senior retreat, uh, February my senior year. And actually, that was after I had been given by my neighbors uh, who were Catholic. Actually, on my, on my cul-de-sac, there were four families that were Catholic out of seven houses, which is extraordinary for Alabama. But at any point, uh, <laughs> th this family gave me some vocations tapes to listen to. And just after I'd listened to them, we had our senior retreat. And the vocations director from the Diocese of Birmingham came to give a talk about vocation in general. And then he also pitched a come and see retreat at St. Bernard's Abbey in Coleman, Alabama. Um, and so I went to that, 
and I thought it was the coolest thing. Um, and I realized that I had to think about the priesthood more seriously from that point, though I was still really not quite sure how that would work out. What was the reaction of friends, family, you know, to this discernment, which did seem like it was suddenly coming out of the blue, you know, it wasn't something they saw all along, like, oh yeah, Thomas, he's going to, he's going to be a priest, you know, but so what, what was their response? Were they? Well, my girlfriend didn't like it. (laughs) And um, my, my friends and all the old ladies at church were saying, (laughs) well, of course, this makes perfect sense. And my parents didn't really quite know what to think of it. Um, my, My mom, of course, didn't know terribly much about the faith at that point still, though. She was learning a lot. And my dad said, well, that's kind of a worthless thing. You're, you're so much better than that. Mm, interesting. Like, oh, so you're great. getting all kinds of responses, mm-hmm. more stuff to discern. So then tell us what happens as you're reaching graduation of high school and you're making a decision. What comes next? College? Seminary? What, what did you do then? So I was considering a lot of different schools at that point, um, looking at least tentatively and going into engineering. But... I did want to put the whole seminary idea to the test. And so actually, I I had written a couple of letters back and forth with the Archbishop of Mobile, um, and that was a wonderful conversation in letters. Um, And I actually scheduled a meeting with him uh, spring of my senior year, and it was a lovely meeting. but as many such meetings go, nothing definitive was ever determined out of it. But as I was driving home from that meeting, I still didn't know which school I was going to go to. My mouth opens up and I say, I'm going to Ohio State. Hmm. And I had no idea why I said that. But the fact that I could say that out of the blue without having thought about it before was convincing enough for me that that was what I had to do. So that's what brings you back to Ohio is going to OSU and studying statistics. So kind of like your mom, maybe kind of following in her footsteps a little bit. A little bit, though it it was a bit of a road before I finally got to statistics at the end, though I was happy when I got there. Okay. So you come back to your um, place of origin, Ohio. You come back and and here in Columbus and and you go to OSU and you're studying. So Talk about, I should probably just reset this program just so our guests who are listening can, um, our, our listeners can know who we're ta- speaking to. We are talking with Father Thomas Hergy. He is a newly ordained priest for the Diocese of Columbus, and you're listening to Answering the Call here on AM820. So now, Father, tell us about the four years at OSU. It sounds like you were at least content for the time that seminary wasn't the direction, that college was really where God was leading you. And... Um, Sometimes college is a thing that brings people closer to God. Sometimes it leads them further away from God. (laughs) What was your four years at OSU like? Well, I was absolutely determined that I had to give more attention to my faith when I got to Ohio State. And so at the time, there were actually three different major Catholic student groups at Ohio State, and I kind of got myself slightly involved with all of them, Mm -hmm. though slightly more with the student group that was at Holy Name Parish at the time. 
And I decided to put the whole vocation thing on the back burner. I said, the Lord has somehow or another called me to Ohio State. I'm going to focus on this at the moment, and we'll see where it goes. And I actually found myself with members of that group, with a lot of other guys who were considering their vocations as well. Um, and so I even find my way to uh, live in at the Josephinum. And that experience uh, kind of confirmed for me that I ought to start applying to seminary. Um, and so actually I did start applying to the Archdiocese of Mobile. Uh, met with the vocations director down there, who curiously enough was from Columbus. Oh, interesting, <laughs> um, interesting. Um, was a big Ohio State fan. And so I started applying, uh, got recommendation letters from priests I knew in Alabama. And then I hear from my parents that they had said in their letters, please don't send this guy to college seminary. He'll be bored to tears. I said, what? Oh. I, I was super disappointed uh, in that and was kind of let down. And so I had to think over what what was the plan going to be now. And so that included switching to mathematics. And I started thinking, at least for a while, in a more religious order direction rather than diocesan. Interesting. So what then were the circumstances that would end up leading you to the Josephinum to discern it's not, God is not calling me back to Alabama. He's calling me to stay here in Columbus. But the first major event uh, was that at the end of my junior year, I got a brain infection of uh, Streptococcus intermedius, which the doctors had no idea why that happened because I'd never had strep throat or anything. They hmm. say, well, we can't think of how this happens, but it did. Um, and it was a miracle that I survived that. And... Afterwards, I had this thought that there was something I had to do in the world. I didn't free, feel free to go off to pray in a monastery anymore. And at least at first, I thought the direction that was leading me towards was marriage, uh, statistics, all that sort of stuff. Um, and I was pretty convinced of that, even as I was starting grad school. But... I always kept up my prayer life, and one evening when I went into the church at Holy Name to pray evening prayer, uh, afterwards I had this oddly familiar feeling that came along with the thought that had struck me that my path had been unusual in many ways in keeping me in Columbus again and again and again, even when I had looked for ways to leave. <laughs> And I said, well, this, if I were called to be a priest of the Diocese of Columbus, this is the only way it could possibly happen. Wait, what? <laughs> and I said, Lord, you have to be kidding me. Mm. No, this is absurd. <laughs> but the thought wouldn't go away. And so I checked it out with a number of friends, with my pastor, with my former pastor, Monsignor Roof. And so I started applying to the Josephinum. And I went along with the prayer that I had always made in these sorts of situations. Lord, I'm not sure what you want me to do, but I have an idea, and I'm going to go along with that. And if I'm wrong, 
whack me over the head, stop mm-hmm. me. You had a game plan. And, and yep. he's always obliged me on that point. <laughs> and, and he didn't do that with this. So I figured that that's, uh, that's a good indication. So the door that Josephinum opens where Bobel, it wasn't there. And so, you know, that's what how God works. Opens one door, shuts another, whatever. And Amen. so you went to the Josephinum. And what was your seminary experience like if you had to summarize it? Uh, a crucible. Mm. Um, I had sort of this idea that it would, that it's this perfect place for taking the time, being able to pray, figure things out. And it is all of that, but it's that with a little bit of heat under you to prove who you really are. And maybe it would have been easier if I had realized that at first, but I I caught up to speed with that before the end. You know, you you have a quote in that um, article in the Catholic Times, and you talk about that, you know, where you say, you don't figure out... Uh, if you're being called until you've gone through seminary, that's what it's for. Uh, it's a place to work out the doubts. It's a place to work out those considerations like a crucible. It's not all roses. It's supposed to transform you into a different kind of person, more like Christ. And that's not going to happen without the cross. But Christ is with you through that. You know, if Christ is with you through that, there's nothing to be afraid of. Exactly. And that makes total sense. You know, we are trying to conform ourselves to Christ. And it then, you know, we get worn day. You know, we have to greater humility, greater patience, and none of that is a bed of roses. It's no. all work, you know, a little struggle overcoming self-will and everything. But um, so, but you made it through your uh, seminary experience. No, no major God. crises. No. Okay, good. Because, you know, we've, again, we see that seminarians taking time off, discerning, discerning, discerning. But for you, um, despite some hardships or challenges, you made it through and were ordained uh, just recently. Uh, what was... From the pew, it was like being on heaven. The 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 brass, the timpani, the the homily, the just all of it was just so beautiful. What was it like from your vantage point that day? Um, kind of being lost in the moment because I don't remember anything about the music oh. or the homily <laughs> or much of anything. I remember hands being put on my head. I remember oil being put in my hands. I remember praying the Eucharistic prayer, but that's about it. And I can remember before and after, but the Mass itself, poof. Mm. Was was there any moment that you were like, this is real, this is official. I, I have now, I am now a priest. I mean, this is the culmination of all my years and... You know, I can't, I can't remember for the life of me. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, actually, no. I tell you what, the real moment was hearing confessions for the first time yeah. the next day. Yeah. That's when it really, really strikes. That is beautiful. I, I had the pleasure of being a priest's first confession once. He oh, told wow. me afterwards. It was I, I felt so so honored and so gifted. So, Father Hergie, your first assignment as parochial vicar is going to be down in Chillicothe. It's at the consortium parishes, a lot of them. St. Peter, St. Mary, St. Coleman of Cloyne is down there, St. Sylvester, um, you'll be working with Father Bill Hahn and mm-hmm. also Father Sean Dooley, who's ordained a few years now. Uh, it's a great group. And I'm I, looking I've been, forward to it. I've been down there. You're placing uh, Father Harchie, so they're getting Father Hergie over Father Harchie. Yes, <laughs> they'll learn I have that to be name. very careful about that one. <laughs> what are you looking forward to most in your new assignment? Um, 
being able to cooperate with other priests in the priestly ministry. In many places uh, nowadays, priests get sent off alone very quickly. Mm -hmm. And to be able to work with two other priests uh, day in and day out, that's a rare privilege nowadays. Yeah. And so I'm I'm really honored to be able to participate in something like that. And you have the, the sisters are there, yes. right? They're wonderful down there. And then I think, don't you also have a prison ministry there or a hospital ministry also? In I don't know much about it yet. I'm okay. going to find out I'm, soon. I'm, <laughs> I think you're going to. Well, we definitely um, send all our blessings with you as you embark on this exciting new journey. Um, it, it's just so fun and exciting to see all these young, excited guys coming out of seminary and, and being stationed throughout, throughout our diocese. What advice, as we're kind of wrapping this up, Father, would you give young men today who are discerning that call to the priesthood? If all you're doing is thinking about it and thinking about the priesthood, if the thought has occurred to you, but you're not doing anything about it, you're not talking to other people about it, uh, you're not considering at least giving a year in seminary a shot, it's it's like having a crush on a girl but never talking to her. That's oh, not going to go anywhere. Yeah, good analogy. So you have to test the call. Exactly. You have to test the call. Great advice uh, from Father Hergie again, a, one of our newly ordained priests who's setting out on his first journey down in Chillicothe. And again, we do extend our blessings with you. And would you please leave us with your blessing? Sure. Heavenly Father, bestow your graces upon your people who listen to you, who cry out to you, who wait with their every need upon you. Shower your blessings upon them, fill them with your life, and walk with them forever into your heavenly kingdom. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit come down upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. Thank you again, Father Hergie. This is Elizabeth Ficicelli, host for this show, Answering the Call. Join us Tuesdays and Sundays at 1230 for another edition. Have a wonderful week. God bless. Answering the Call is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Answering the Call with Elizabeth Ficcicelli are available at stgabrielradio.com. I might have gone to church, you know, at Christmas time gradually quit going. It's not as scary as I thought it was. <laughs> it's a much more warm and open place, and God really is about love. It's not about the rules and the things that I remember as a young child. It really is about the love that God has for each one of us that's so um, deep and wonderful. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org.